your community podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. I'm Mark Francis, a local realtor, broker, and owner at Icon Real Estate. And I'm Megan Eanes, a local real estate agent for 20 years and part of the Icon Real Estate team. Mark and I are excited to have you here with us so we can talk about Winchester and everything we love about it with you. We want you to be an informed, savvy real estate consumer in today's ever-changing market. Absolutely. If you want local knowledge, you've come to the right place. Well, Happy middle of August. Happy first week of school for Frederick County. I know the city started last week, which we kind of talked about. But yes, how is is your um, first day of school experience? So today, first day was funny. I only had one that I was sending off today. So um, I did take a picture of her. She started eighth grade. And then I took a picture of my son sitting on the front porch, his first day of no school, Mm -hmm. of course, because he just had graduated in in the spring. But uh, prior to this weekend, we kind of packed everything last minute before Molly started school. And um, Ben leaves on next Tuesday for basic training. Oh, boy. So we were trying to just kind of get some family stuff in Uh and some really good time with them before we don't see them for a while. Yep. And uh, actually, this weekend, we went to D.C. Wow. To see the, we saw the Air Force Memorial, which was really neat. Um, And then we went to see a play at the National Theater. Which one? We went to see six. I'm going very soon. Uh, And actually, we got box seats. Yes. They were amazing because they were the same price as the mezzanine. Uh I was like, why wouldn't you just sit over here? So I've heard good things about it. So it, It was amazing. And Ben was not supposed to go. My parents were supposed to go, and they couldn't make it. So Ben was like you know i'm just gonna go and he is not a musical kind of guy right and both my kids loved it it is not anything like i would have expected and it is definitely not like a play it's like a rock concert that's what i've heard yes it it was absolutely amazing so of course on the way home we all listened to the soundtrack and we're singing along so all right i i just need one question for you because i have only briefly heard bits and pieces of like one or two of the songs would you recommend going in cold like you did, or would you have wished to have heard the music before you go see the oh, show? Oh, going cold. Okay. A hundred percent going cold because the music from the soundtrack, it's not bad, mm-hmm. but it's it seems a little more cheesy. Mm-hmm. So going in and hearing it, it was way better in person yeah. than it was on because we listened to it on Spotify. Yeah. I believe on the way home, way better. Even Ben said he would have just been so irritated that he knew that that's what he was going to go and go uh. to see. <laughs> But it was amazing. So 100% going cold. The only reason I would say not to is if you're somewhat hard of hearing, (laughs) then listen to it with the lyrics, and that way it kind of registers. Now, the one recommendation I do have is when you're sitting there waiting um, inside of the playbill, there's a description of each one of his wives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, the play is about the six wives of Henry VIII. And so it gives tidbits about each one of his wives, and that really helped with following along with the story. Interesting. Well, I'm excited. I won't be able to report on my experience next week because I'll be going on Thursday night. But I'm excited, and we're going on a triple date, essentially. I wouldn't call it a triple date, but one of my sons has a quote-unquote girlfriend, so he's invited her. My other older son has a couple friends, and she's coming along with us. So it's six of us going to be going out to see the show, and my older son has already seen it. In London when he went there. Oh, wow. And he's like, I've got to go see it again. I'll go see it 15 times. I don't care. Best show. I would do the same thing. Yeah. So anyway, all right, there you go. There is your cultural tips yes. from Iconic Talk. 
Well, Winchester doesn't have a show of six, but they have summer music theater. Unfortunately, that got shut down just a little early um, mm-hmm. because of COVID issues. But, you know, I like the culture that we have here in town. I agree. And that we are close to D.C. We're close to things like that. It's exciting. Well, there, there's no easy way of segueing here. Going from cultural things to legal things. That is the conversation that we had a couple of days ago mm-hmm. with one of my friends, Josh Hummer. And he is a lawyer in town, and he's going to get a chance to share all of his experiences and what led him to open his own firm. I'm excited about the conversation we had. So here is Josh Hummer from Relational Estates. Um, let me make sure I get this right. An elder law. There you go. Well, we are here with Josh Hummer. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm so excited to have you here. And it's been long time no see, yes. I feel like, for at least us. Yeah. And um, it's neat that we've gotten a chance to reconnect. And I want to hear all about what you do and okay. and how you do it. But before we get to that spot, give us a little history of where you're from and what brought you here to Winchester. Sure. And I guess it's a good lead in as well, Mark, yeah. because uh, you were one of the first people that I met here. Yeah. And you and Erica were really just absolutely wonderful to Jill and I. And you had yeah. us over and... We had a Bible study in your basement. and Even uh, before Jill. Even before Jill, yeah. yeah. Well, Jill was in the picture. She just wasn't, uh, she hadn't moved up here yet. Jill is your better half. Jill's my wonderful, lovely wife. And so, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Richmond, went to law school in Charlottesville, got a job offer up here. Uh, really, had only been here once. And by here, I mean Winchester, of course. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so kind of took it. And um, not knowing a whole lot about the area, and my, have we been blessed. Um, so we've been here, I think, 17 years now, believe wow. it or not. Yeah, which is That's weird because awesome. I'm not that old. So no. It's, uh, it's, You're it's, not that it's old for odd, a lawyer. For a lawyer, too. <laughs> and so I was with, a, um, I guess, on the more important things, I've we've been here 17 years, four kids, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, they're all doing well. They range now from 6 to 12, 13, 13. My oldest awesome. daughter just became a teenager, awesome. so that's scary. Welcome oh, to that I, world. I, my youngest yeah. is 13, and oh, wow. I mean, just the, the attitude changes, and it's yeah. just amazing the difference from 12 to 13. <laughs> it's like, what happened to my sweet little little girl? Who mm-hmm. is this person living yeah. with us now? Yeah. Um, so anyhow, on less important things, uh, I was with a local regional firm for about 12 years, and about five years ago I left and went out on my own. And so the, our team now focuses on estate planning, yeah. elder law, and estate, administ- estate administration. Awesome. So, I do want to get into that, but you mentioned that you went to law school in Charlottesville. Yeah. You didn't mention the school? UVA. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're not proud of UVA? I, I am. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... <laughs> Just have to give you a little bit of hard just, time. Yeah, sure. Yes, very, very proud of UVA. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. And did you get your undergrad in Richmond? <laughs> I didn't. I went to a small school in Greenville, South Carolina, okay. called B- BJU, and then I went to UVA for for law. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, what drew you to the profession? What made you want to apply and say, I want to go to graduate school and be a lawyer? Yeah, that's a great question, and I have a very bad answer. Okay. <laughs> so I was actually a computer science major undergrad, and um, Mark, I know you're this old. 
uh, so sorry. Okay. Megan, I'm sure you won't remember this. Um, but I was uh, just graduating from college with a computer science degree in 19 or in 2001. Mm-hmm. And the dot-com bubble had just burst. Yeah. And so there were no jobs for computer scientists. It's odd because before then there was a ton of jobs. And shortly after there was a ton of jobs. But right in this small time period, nothing. And so uh, I started looking around for something else to do. And I'd always been good at – well, not good, but I always enjoyed – arguing with people. And so somebody said, hey, you should go to law school. And so for whatever reason, I think my parents encouraged it. And I went forward not knowing anything about it. Arguing. Arguing. Yes. That's the common common thread, I think, with lawyers. uh, Sadly, yes. It's why, um, (laughs) well, maybe I shouldn't tell that story. I'll be, I can't not tell that. (laughs) It's why my wife never liked hanging out with the other law law students, right? Uh, right. So our friends were all like medical students, other folks, but Nobody likes hanging out with a bunch of, uh, or, or she did not like hanging out with those particular students. Doesn't make school. for a good social <laughs> setting. It, right? Just everybody if everybody's arguing, arguing yeah, all the time. No, it's not. It's not that fun. We're picking a fight just to create just a debate. For, just mm-hmm. for heck of it, which I've been known to do, as yeah. you might remember, Mark. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> well, I, my in-laws are very similar to that. Erica will tell you her family is known just to make a statement, and then see if somebody takes the bait to That's right. to argue. Against you, I, I I like to look at seeing as seeing how close I can get somebody to the edge, and then walking away just to see if a good gust of wind will take them <laughs> take them over. <laughs> Spoken like a good lawyer, yeah. UVA taught you That's well. Right. Yes. yes. So you mentioned that when you moved into town, you you found a firm. Yes. Um, describe that experience real quickly. Of it was probably a broader scope Much. of practice. Yeah. What does that look like for just a lawyer out of grad school coming in and just starting work right away? Well, it's like the the old adage, you know, sink or swim. It's very much that. So um, every law student thinks they understand how to be a lawyer, and in reality, they know nothing. And so the part of getting involved in the firm uh, was just kind of being asked to do all sorts of things I had no clue how to do and slowly, painfully having to figure it out. And the thing that makes it worse is and this is not unique to the firm that I'm with, but I think it's just generally with the law, is everything, there's a heightened emotion and tension to it. So whether you're dealing with a divorce, which is somebody's children, right? You're Mm -hmm. dealing with a criminal case, which is somebody's freedom. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with personal injury, which is somebody's body. I mean, there's a lot of these areas in the law, and even business, when you're dealing with small business, it's a very personal thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. you're, there's a lot at, at stake. And, and because of the complexity and the antagonistic nature, it creates a very pressurized environment. There's a lot on, on the line. So it was very stressful mm-hmm. um, and not, not necessarily in a bad way, just very stressful, a lot at stake. Um, and uh, so there were probably seven or eight other attorneys in the firm when I joined that waxed and waned over the years. Um, Did you guys tackle criminal cases and representing well, good, people y- yeah, so, from that standpoint So in court? Yes. Going argue in front of judges like a television show? Not like a television show, but okay. yes. And I guess uh, the firm didn't necessarily bill itself as doing those. But if one of the named partners would feel like there was something that they wanted to take on, uh, they would say yes, and then once they get into it, they decide they didn't really want to do it. That was where I came mm-hmm. in, right? So mm-hmm. all the stuff that the other people didn't want to do was what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, that was bad. But in another sense, it was really good because law school, like a lot of places, doesn't teach you what it means or what it's actually a day-to-day 
life of a lawyer's it life. It sounds a lot like real estate, yeah. where you take the real estate classes, which basically yeah. is just law, which yeah. is kind of funny. It just teaches you all the things not to do and the ways that you can get in trouble and the laws you need to abide by. And then you get your license. You have no idea what a contract is, how to write a contract. You literally know nothing about selling real estate. Sink or swim. Yeah, or, sink or, or swim to... with emotionally heightened situations exactly dealing with people's right. families and large purchases. So we understand. Yes. No, I would say it's very much like that mm-hmm. and like a, like a lot of per- professions too right. that, that, that way. Yeah. But for your livelihood, you know, so you're working for them, you said 12 years. Mm-hmm. What then attracted you to create your own practice and then more specifically the specialty of it? So I, I, it's kind of difficult for me to wrap my head around almost like what doctors do. They, they start getting specialized. Mm-hmm. I've never really realized until very recently that lawyers can get specialized and that when you open a practice, you can kind of say, here's my niche. Is that is that fair to say about law and, yeah. and where you ended up going? Yeah, so it, it is. It's not required, particularly here in Winchester. We are a smaller market, and so there's quite a few firms that remain general. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that you're always having to kind of start from scratch on any new thing that you get, right? And so maybe a good analogy in the real estate world is residential versus commercial Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. like sales on the courthouse steps. If you're always jumping around to all of those, it's you're just not going to be as good as you can be if you say, hey, I just do buyers of whatever right. of, of of condos and that's all that I can do. And so you you have to be able to have a large enough market in order to support the mm-hmm. niche that you're going to do. But for me personally, there were a couple of things that came together. One was honestly I started having some health issues related to just the anxiety and stress of dealing with um, everybody's problems. And when you think about it, yeah. with a lot of with domestic criminal, personal injury, whatever, um, when you go to see a lawyer for those things, it's the worst time in your life. Yeah. Right. And so I had like everybody's worst times in their life, and I was kind of wearing that all, and that started to take mm-hmm. a toll. And the other is I really didn't like the billable hour. And so we build, like a lot of lawyers build, it's hourly rates, right? Mm-hmm. So I do an hour's worth of work. Here's a bill for X hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And clients didn't respond well to that. Um and then I also was, it was just a financial thing where the owners of the firm had certain ways of doing things, and I just didn't agree with all of those. So I, with the support of Jill, obviously made the decision to give my own give my own uh, firm a shot. Nice. And, yeah. And when, what year was that? 2017, okay. February 1st. And you launched. Yes. And you're by yourself. Yes. And was it like a... Tom Cruise moment where you said, I'm storming out of here and I'm going to take an assistant with me and my fish. (laughs) And you said, okay, I'm going to go do this. What does starting your own practice look like? Oh, that's a good question. So uh, the thing that comes to mind is um, this Dave Ramsey quote. And I don't know if you're a Dave Ramsey fan, Mark, but I know of him. I know who he is. he's, He's got this quote talking about small business. He says, it will take twice as long as you think. It will cost twice as much as you think. You are not the exception. And so, yeah, I don't know what it looked like. It looked like me thinking that I was going to storm wherever. And I didn't take anybody with me because I felt like that would be, one, I didn't want to have to pay their salary. And two, <laughs> right. and two it, did feel, it did feel a little bit wrong. But I took a number of clients who chose to come with me. They had the option. Mm-hmm. 
and I was kind enough to get a office rented to me by a friend and um, just kind of started out small and figured if I could make enough to feed the family, that would be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And was blessed to be able to do that. And so, but it was a, I think it was more a relief just to not be doing everything that I used to be doing um, in terms of the scope of work. That was probably and so the kind biggest of feeling. narrowing what your intake, if you want to call it that, of customers and clients are. Yeah. Um, I can see is helpful. I'm looking at your website and you have this phrase on there, create an estate and elder plan so you can face the future with confidence. Yeah. So what drew you to that niche of estate and elder planning and assisting people that way? Yeah. So that's a, it's a longer, well, it's a little bit of a longer story. I'll try and give you the, I'm here for it. (laughs) Um, I don't know that anybody except for my mom is interested in the details, but, um, (laughs) So I did a lot of going to court and arguing about estates and trusts. And I also did a little bit of um, domestic litigation and a little bit of everything else. And estate and trust court fights um, are the only other place in the law besides domestic fights where you see people doing things that just don't make sense financially. So in the business world, in the personal injury world, even in the criminal world, people make decisions that – they can kind of figure them out. Like, well, that makes sense. They're spending money there because they hope to get this. In the domestic world, like, people will spend money to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. And you've, I'm sure everybody, many right. of your listeners have, have experienced that, right. sadly. In the estate world, people will do the same thing. And it's odd. Siblings will do stuff that makes no financial sense just to hurt the other person. Family on family crime. Family basically. on family crime. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, but instead of it being spouses, it's, it's actually siblings. And so um, another thing about litigation is that I realized is no matter how well I did, I, I could win, in my opinion, just a complete triumph. And the people who I represented were still not happy, right? Mm. So there are no real winners when mm. you go to, go to court. Somebody may claim that they won, but the emotional baggage mm. that comes with it, the cost – it means that every everybody loses. And mm. so I'm looking at this kind of odd scenario here. And and then I got involved in the planning a little bit. And the, and the avoidance of a lot of this stuff is actually not that hard, hmm. right? So on the, on the domestic side, how do you avoid a, a divorce? Well, I guess you don't get married. You get a prenup. Some of that, no, none really good options. On the estate planning side of things, it's actually pretty easy. You put in place a pretty basic trust or will, and you can, and you think through some of these future family issues, and you can have a much better outcome. So I, I decided to focus on this to get upstream from the problem that mm-hmm. I saw occurring mm-hmm. in litigation. Hmm. And um, So lesson number one, don't go to court. Lesson number one, avoid court at all costs. Lesson number yeah. two, find out how to avoid it. Yeah, it sounds well, like you're a, you're a problem solver. So solve it beca- before it becomes a problem. Problem avoider. Problem yes. avoider. Want to want to help people avoid them before they become problems. So walk us through what what do you suggest? You know, so a sixty plus year old couple comes in and said, "I haven't really thought about what I need to be doing with my life and my estate, and how do I how do I cope all this?" Just make your suggestions, Josh. Tell us what what to do. We're not on well, the clock, by the way. Right, know, we're yeah, not getting yeah. billed here. But. It's free, <laughs> yeah. free, free advice. But, and, and maybe if I can't answer that question in a roundabout way. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you about one of the 
one of the lowest points in my legal career. And, um, and that I think gets to answer your question and kind of how we approach things. Um, so, or approaching things like this in general. So wills, trusts, powers of attorney, living wills. Many of your listeners have probably heard of those. You guys, I'm sure, have heard of some of some of those. And those are traditional tools that people use. And when I first started out on my own and I was doing this this stuff, I, um, I used many of those. And like many attorneys, I thought fairly highly of myself. And uh, which I'm sure is shocking to you to hear that attorneys have a problem with hubris. But any, anyhow, it's be that as it may. I'll just blame UVA for that. Yeah, there you go. Blame, <laughs> that's that's right. Attorneys from every other school are very humble. Um, but I remember meeting with this one lady, and we'll call her Jane. And I had done what I thought was a terrific job for Jane. And I am going to get back to your question yeah, mark. I'm here. Uh, um, but. I'd done a fan- fantastic job for, for Jane. I had saved her a lot of money on taxes. I had a really great structure. And um, I remember sitting down with her and I explained it all to her and I was really proud of myself, right? So there I am, like, look at this and I saved this money here and I did this over here. And have you ever had that feeling like somebody just isn't with you in mm-hmm. the conversation? So that's what I got with her. Hmm. And in a rare moment of self-reflection, I asked said, Jane, um, is there something wrong? Like, are you not happy with the plan? What's going on? And she said, yeah, I'm fine with the plan. Thank you for all you've done. I'm just really bugged right now because I haven't got to see my grandson in the past month. And I said, oh, why? She said, well, I, my, daughter, my daughter-in-law and I had a fight, and now she's keeping my grandson away from me. Hmm. And Mark, hmm. I had nothing, right? Like all my legal training, mm-hmm. she's looking at me in like some sort of expectation to at least say something and I felt about an inch tall because I had nothing. And so what that did for me and for our team is it kind of caused us to rethink our whole approach of that 60-something walking into the office. I mean, it's one thing to be able to say, yeah, we can save you some money on taxes and we'll help you be prepared. But we ask, well, what does it mean if we help people address stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And we didn't know the answer and didn't have any sort of preconception about what we'd be able to do. But what we found was, and this is where we come back to your your question, Mark, is that the things that are really important to most people are not financial. Right. They're relational. Right. They involve other people. So what I would want to know with the 60-year-old walking to the office is who is important to them and how are they doing and what could we do with this couple that's here, with their plan, with their future, how could they interact with them in a way that would be beneficial, not necessarily from a financial, although that's part of it, but from a quality of life, from a purpose, from a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And what we learned is that death and incapacity actually provides a tremendous opportunity to communicate. People are listening at death and in these difficult times in a way they're never listening at any other time. And the emotions that are involved um, are uh, uh, tremendously heightened. So if we can handle that time well, we can do such tremendous good in families. And so that's where it would start. Who is important to you? What, how are they doing? What do they need? Um, and, and kind of doing a deep dive on that. And then once we have that figured out, 
then we can go, okay, tell me what you've got, and then how do we take the resources that you have, some of which are financial, some of which are relational, some of which are emotional, mm -hmm. and apply those to that particular need. So um, It's refreshing to hear because, again, lawyers, like some other professions have a stigma, you know, that, I don't know what that the about. lawyers are in it for the money and they're just going to suck me dry. And yeah. so therefore the, the people who come see a lawyer are going to be, you know, have walls and barriers up and doctors don't have that same impression, Yeah, but they're charging similar rates, but they want the, the people who show up, the patients want good service. <laughs> they want yeah. the doctors to help them. Uh, real estate agents, we're in it for the service business as well. You know, it's not a transaction. You can go down the list of all service industry people, I think. Yeah. And again, it's refreshing to hear a lawyer say, I'm going to ask you questions about yourself. Ask, find, find things mm -hmm. about you and your family that are going to be, you know, you know, what's, what's, what are you passionate about almost is what I hear you saying, you know, what yeah. do you care about? And then how you can partner with them to help. I, I, that's, that's unique. I, I would think, and maybe you, you you know your profession better than we do, but it, to me, that's news. Relational so. is not typically a word that would be used with attorneys. I don't think those two that you don't hear it very often. And so hence, the, hence the name of their yeah. now. All right, now I'm, you're hitting my next question, oh, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. so the name of your group, relational estate and elder yes. law. So a funny, funny story there. Yeah. So. Um, when we were trying to find the name, we didn't start with relational, and you know all about branding, Mark, and and I know a bit of the story, but yeah. fire away with it. Oh, sorry, See, I, yeah, no, I don't know the story. I, yes, so. I, I'm here for. I was going to go there, but okay, yeah, well, ask, I'll jump. I'll jump right right into jump it. So right we in. Jump right in. And hopefully, it's the same story I told you before. <laughs> um, hopefully, I'm remembering it correctly. Uh, but yeah, we we looked for a long time. For, for names. And we investigated probably dozens of names. And when you check on a name, you have to make sure that nobody owns a trademark on it, nobody else in your area is using it. And there's all sorts of things you have to look at, particularly with attorneys, because mm -hmm. attorneys tend to get very nitpicky when somebody else uses their name. I like that whole so. suing yeah. thing. That's just right. That whole thing yeah. comes in. Kind of their wheelhouse. They do it to each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, and so we, I can't tell you how many names we investigated. You'd have to ask one of our other team, team members, but uh, dozens. And, uh, with almost every name you can imagine, like even really, we started like picking like Greek names that mm. meant something. Mm -hmm. And doggone it if there weren't two or three other firms out there that had that yeah. name somewhere. Yeah. Relational? Nobody. Nobody had it. So to your point, Megan, yeah, no, it's, it doesn't seem to be a big mm -hmm. theme for other that attorneys out there. Right there. We, were able to, we were able to corner the market on relational law. Well, I have similar experience with Icon Real Estate. Hmm. And it's like naming a child, right? I mean, it's like naming a baby. Like, this is going to be this is going to be with you for a while, right. and you want it to be strong and something you can brand and something that's memorable. And um, Dave Spence and I, we racked our brains for months, and that was that was one of the bigger hangups for us to start our company. Really, was one the, of the bigger the ones was what would how you know we got to be ready, and if, when we're ready to pull the trigger, what are we going to call it? <laughs> we went a long time, but it wasn't until maybe it was like a, a lunch that we had with another friend who was kind of just brainstorming ideas and and that name was just still kind of on the paper mm -hmm. and we were at Cafe do Sol okay and i was literally looking across the restaurant through the window across the other side of the street and what was there icon printing oh and and so it was you would think that would scare me and be like somebody else in town already has it i'm like 
no, we just kind of were talking about icon, and that was something that was registering. I'm like, there was my, you know, light shining from heaven sign of like icon is right there, and they're not real estate agents, a printing company. Yeah. But you know, I was like, there's there's a little like trigger to say, and it's just an easy name, strong. That's right. And there are other icon real estate companies around. But none in this this area. Not in this area. Some spell them differently. Some are mm. realty, not real estate. So I okay. can relate to that. And again, it's not about me. Well, and I We're was here it's about interesting. you. As you, you know? said that, so, Mark, I was yes. just laughing. So uh, I, un, un, unlike you, it doesn't sound like the Francis Spence or Spence Francis Realty Group ever entered into that consideration. That was the last, <laughs> last thing on our See, list. See, I immediately Absolutely. named it. Oh, I'll call it the Law Office of Joshua E. Hummer. <laughs> um, so that was my first first name. So I think you can see the difference in, hum- yes. in humility. Last, there, last, the, yeah, last, last. Oh, we, we, no, we did brainstorm merging our names. Oh, did you Francis? Fr- French fence French? was fence? one okay. because you know a house has oh, fence yeah. or something like that. But then, French? then you go down a, a crazy path of Spances? where did that come from? Yes, oh, we could, we could have some fun with this. You could oh, have yeah. a lot of fun. All right, less not about me anymore. Yeah. Bring it back to you. So, I, the relational component I find fascinating. And so, over the years, um, give us a, is there a story that stands out you know, of just something that where you're like, man, I, I'm so glad I'm doing what I'm doing in this service business is there a family that you can remember that you you have helped out recently that maybe jumps out there's so many um yes uh you know i'm gonna change i always change stories Mm -hmm. so this is not true but it's it's effectively a true story i'm just changing everything around i just talked to a lady yesterday who is recovering from um, well, she has terminal cancer, and um, her she has a son and a daughter who have uh, a, a, some sort of very bad dis- disability that keeps them wheelchair bound. And um, so her son and her daughter, her adults are in wheelchairs. They both have life expectancies in the single-digit years, mm. so they're not going to live long. She has terminal cancer, so mm. this is not a good scenario, and I'm talking with her. And when I got on the phone, I expected her to be, you know, woe is me, downbeat. But she spent the whole time talking about how good God was to her. Hmm. And, and you know, we're going to be able to come alongside and help with some legal things, but this lady doesn't need me, right? Hmm. Like, she's got the right output. She's got the right faith, at least she, in my, my opinion. Um, she has some faith. And... What she's doing is she is using this experience with the cancer. As part of this, she lost the use of her of her legs. Mm. And so she was able to use this to figure out uh, what does it look like for me not having the use of my legs. My kids don't have the use of my legs. What can I do to set up my house so that it will be easier for my kids to use when I'm gone, when they're not going to have me to help take care of them anymore? So she basically redid her entire house, redid the kitchen so it would be easier to use for someone in a wheelchair, Read it all the restrooms, stairs, everything from the perspective of somebody who uh, was had have was wheelchair bound like her her children are, and she was overjoyed at this opportunity. Hmm. She was so thrilled at this opportunity, and that's one story. That's a recent story, um, but there's so many people like that who I'm just I'm just thrilled to say I know them. Yeah. Right, that is just an amazing. Um, faith-oriented person who is taking, who has been dealt, not dealt, because I don't want to, that's that's not the right term, but has been given 
a very difficult life. And to be able to come and even just walk alongside them for a little bit is is awesome. So, uh, you know, as part of my job, I get to see some of the some a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. I meet with people who have lost a loved one on a regular basis, but. I also get to see just some incredible things that people are doing for each other and for their families and for their loved ones under incredibly difficult circumstances. Hmm. And that's worth the price of admission many, many times over. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a chance to see it and then maybe give a little bit of advice or coaching that's along right. the way and, and help kind of partner with yeah. those people. Um, we've been talking about old people. We've been talking about people with sickness. Mm -hmm. What about younger people? You know, what what tips or advice do you have for younger people like that's not me right now. I don't this Josh guy sounds like a great guy, but I'm years and years away of thinking about, you know, a will or right. my estate. I, I barely I might have just bought my first house. <laughs> my estate is nothing. Yeah. What what tips and what things should you be suggesting to those people? Yeah, and I, I want to be careful. I don't want to come across as scaring anybody, but we'll we'll talk to young people like us, mm -hmm. right, right, mm -hmm. Mark? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, but there's a couple things that that pop in. One is um, if you have young children, where do they go if something happens to you and your wife, and or your spouse? I don't mean to assume you have a wife, but you and your your spouse. Mm -hmm. And a will does allow you to specify who gets your kids if something happens to you. Otherwise, a judge gets to decide. And you may not like where the judge sends them. Um, so if you have kids, I think there's a there's that. There's also the aspect of if you have kids, do you really want your kids to get their inheritance on their 18th birthday if something happens to you? I mean, I don't. Um, I think that's a mistake. And we routinely see kids ruin their lives by receiving money too early. Uh, so that's another thing that uh, most people don't think about. And the chances of that happening are slim, but they're catastrophic when it does happen, right? So, um, And then the other thing that's happening a lot more is on the incapacity side, um, you know, if you don't have some basic documents in place and you become disabled, unable to make decisions for yourself, you're going to be at the mercy of the system effectively. Um, your parents won't be able to take care of you. Your spouse won't be able to make decisions for you. That's how it used to work. Now, ever since Terry Schiavo, I think people are aware that there are barriers in place to people making decisions for folks. So, uh, yeah, I'm a pretty firm believer that everybody should have a basic estate plan. I mean, if you really don't have anything and you're not married and you don't have kids, you don't really need a will. But if you do have, you, you still, I would recommend, and I realize I'm biased, but I would recommend a power of attorney and an advanced medical directive. And those are just mm -hmm. documents that allow somebody else to make decisions for you mm -hmm. when you're no longer able to make them. And if you have a child, you absolutely need a will with a guardian named in it, and then you also really should have some sort of underage trust built in there so that mm -hmm. they don't get their inheritance till a certain age. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of reasons. Um, well, and I can go into lots more reasons for there. And again, I'm not trying to scare anybody. This isn't. This this is very rare. This doesn't happen regularly, but I get to see instances where that does happen, sure. and I can tell you it is. It can just be catastrophic. Goes back to lesson number one: nobody wants to go to court. Nobody, nobody wants to go to court. And then how do you avoid it? And, and this is part and of the, it. And the the relational piece: you just have to understand that money does weird things to people, and particularly younger younger people. Hmm. And so, when there's money involved, you're creating bad incentives for everyone if you are not very careful. 
Now, I know some attorneys have packages. Like, let's just, I'll just throw a number out there for like $500. You can come in and have a basic will mm -hmm. drawn up, just, you know, and, and that's kind of it to cover. And maybe a power of attorney with that, too. Um, not, not mentioning dollar signs or anything like that, but do you have something like that that someone that has nothing can come in and just get something basic to start? Yeah, and I, and I would, uh, there's quite a few good um, attorneys in this area who focus on estate planning. And so I, we work well with them all, but I think most of us do have uh, standard packages, and most of most of the folks I'm aware of do a flat fee. So mm -hmm. it's like, hey, um, you know, whatever, five hundred, a thousand bucks, you get these different things, and that way you don't have to worry about calling up the attorney and the clock starting to run every time you ask a question or something like, like well, that. And, and I love hearing this because I have um, two clients for you, actually. Okay. <laughs> so, Thank you. Um, but I have a family member who um, has been putting it up, putting this off for many, many, many years, and it's, it's just there have been some situations that have come up that in the past that it's 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 something that needs to be done. Mm. Um, and then my husband and I, I have one. My attorney passed away many years ago here in Winchester. Wonderful man. Um, but he had, he had done it up and I didn't have children at that point in time. I, mm. So I don't have a newer one that includes my children or my husband. But so it does speaking have, to you then. Yeah. Yes. It does have a, a, a dog. Actually, my previous will, I had my dog going to. <laughs> the important things, <laughs> yeah. right? He was my child at that yeah. point in time. Um, that dog has since uh, passed. <laughs> but so I, like even I need something that's updated and it's just, you know, every day turns into the next day and next thing you know, um, however many years have gone by and not having something like that. So yep. um, we've been needing it and just haven't really known even where to start or where to go or who to reach out to. So there you go. There that's you go. why Josh is here and he's yep. in town. He's so ready this, to take care I, of all the people. I, that's again, why I'm just kind of sitting here just totally just listening and taking it all there in because these are things that, I mean, I know people that can personally benefit from them. And I love the idea that you treat the law like Mark and I treat real estate. It's to me, it's always about the people. It's it's mm. about treating them regardless of whatever their situation is, regardless of how much money that they're spending. It's about the person. Yep. Well, Josh, we are going to send you on your way. But before we do that, we have five iconic questions okay. we ask any of our guests. So off the top of your head and oh. you being a lawyer, you can jump on this very easily. Okay. Should we go no ready? pressure. Should we, talk, should we go really fast? No pressure. Yeah. Question number one. What's one of your favorite restaurants in town? Oakstone. Oakstone is amazing. Oh. Love it. What's your favorite? What's your favorite pizza? Sorry, that's oh, not yeah. on here. That's just oh, a part, one, the part one B. The Vermonter. Yeah. Okay. Um, nice. What is something you love about your neighborhood? It's quiet and it's on a cul-de-sac, cul so the kids can play. Oh, and this is a better answer. The kids mm. have friends. Yeah, that's priceless. That is great. Yeah, easy. And part B about that too. Mm -hmm. Are you in the city or the county? <laughs> county. Okay. I'm in yeah. the county where I live. I'm in the city where I, where I work. So your kids just started school today, yes. then? Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Exciting. Well, question number three, why is Winchester a great place to live since it's been, what, 17 years, you said? Yeah. Um, it's a combination of many things. It's a small town. It's still relatively quiet. Um, it's very family-oriented and family-friendly. Lots of great parks. Uh, the people here are very friendly and open compared to other places, and it's close to the mountains. I mean, you can try I'm yeah. telling everybody this, but you yeah. can drive very quickly and be out in the middle of nowhere, Skyline Drive's right there. And if you want the city, it's right there. Hop over the mountain, and you yep. can be in eastern Loudoun. So I think mm -hmm. positionally it's great. And the weather is great. So it's not too hot in the summer. It's not too cold in the winter. It's wonderful. I keep my and fingers crossed that, that hot weather 
hopefully is gone now. Hopefully. Right? We'll see. Uh, yeah, hopefully. One more thing. It's <laughs> yes. halfway between my where my parents live and where my in-laws live. So it's right there, Richmond to Pittsburgh. Beautiful. So, Love oh, it. That's convenient. Question four. So where do you meet or spend time with new friends in Winchester? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's probably different restaurants. So Oakstone, Village Square, um, uh, Paladins down in Stephen, Stephen mm-hmm. City. Those are all places where we like to go and hang out. Mm-hmm. Last question, and you're doing fabulous on this. Okay, good. What is one of Winchester's hidden gems? What do you think people don't know about that might be hidden in Winchester that you are like, I like it there? Uh, George Washington's, um, oh, what is that over there on? Uh, like the little Porch, museum Port, Port, Port down, downtown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, there's actually that's a museum really, there. And there is. There's a little museum there and a little and statue and every, everything else. His yeah, headquarters. Thank headquarters. you. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's there. That oh, and I'll throw one more in there because you, you didn't ask for two, but... Um, the third battlefield of Winchester is just really a neat yep. place if you haven't been yes. there to go for walks and hikes. And my kids love playing in the stream. And so, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Red well, Bud Run, Frederick, isn't it? Fred, yeah. Frederick, mm-hmm. Frederick County, though. So I don't know. That's okay. I, we're, we're, we support. I'm a Steven City girl. So. All right. we're, we're, we'll, we'll, it's the whole area. Whole area. Yeah. We don't discriminate. All right. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yes. Well, thanks so much for being here. Tell us yeah. how to contact you guys. So what's the best option of... People have been inspired by the conversation. They've learned something. Where do they go from here? Yeah, lots of different ways. You can call us, 540-931-7078. You can stop by the office. We're over in Creekside Station. But the easiest way is probably relational.law, www.relational.law. I don't even think you need the www. No, you don't. Relational.law. Pops right right up. That name says it all. I love it. Great times. Thanks Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Josh. You're amazing. Well, that was exciting. And Megan, it's always fun to have you a part of the conversation because you are mesmerized by the conversation I feel sometimes. <laughs> oh, every time. And after we were done chatting with Josh, you're like, give me your card. I'm ready to, <laughs> I'm ready to meet up. And, you know, so what did right. you learn from our conversation? I, I love just how he's, he treats things a little bit different, that mm-hmm. it's about the person. And that, to me... Um, is is worth more than you know getting a deal on something or just calling up somebody else mm-hmm. and you know another law firm. I I want to be able to have a relationship with my attorney that's interested in me and my family yeah. and not just about you know the the law parts of it. Right. So or the money part of or it. Or the money part of yeah. it. So yeah. I, I'm just fascinated. So yeah, that's true. I was hey, give me your card. Yeah. No, <laughs> I and a couple I, clients were you. I think what I learned is that you brought out an interesting question of like standard packages. Mm-hmm. And lawyers don't like to talk about money. You know, they don't like to talk about rates. They don't like to talk about what they make per hour. You know, obviously he's running a business, but I found it interesting that he was saying that there are standard packages that you can just instantly call them up, go in there and be like, I just need X, Y, and Z give it to me flat fee and then you don't have to worry about well if something's not right if i'm going to email him is he going to charge me for it or you know that's that's well, helpful I, I know several people several that have either done a will from like staples and gotten the template and done their own will or mm. are afraid to go through the mm-hmm. process to get a will because of how much mm-hmm. money it's going to cost because they think they're going to be charged by the hour, so they don't do it. Mm-hmm. So having that package, I think, is is just great, and it lets somebody know, yes, you can come in, let me do it, let me make sure it's done yeah. right, yeah. and it's only going to cost, you know, X. Yeah. 
So, well, I mean, I think that's I just need, great for all those people that I need might to go be see afraid. Him too. You, you're going to go see him. I need to go see him. There's multiple things happening with my family right now. But also, I'm remembering what is my most recent will. And we did one. My wife and I were getting ready to go on an international trip. And she was kind of getting all paranoid. Oh, my kids were leaving our kids with our grandparents. What happens? Something that happens to us. And we were literally in the hotel room the night before we left because we drove to get to the airport really early and stayed in the hotel. We got online. And did like the whole like quick and easy will mm-hmm. online kind of thing. That's what we have. And that's it. Now we've had we had other will before we had kids, and that's the one that was I'm assuming would hold up in court that we just kind of typed in a few little things online and paid a quick little bill and it spit out an email and be like, here it is. Here's your will. I didn't want to admit that to Josh, but that's what I've got too. So there you go. All right, so we're Josh. probably not in I bet all of our other listeners are probably in the same category of us as opposed to being prepared like he's right. suggesting. Well, because I don't think there's any any bad time to get a will. And I don't think you can be too young. As we know in this world, I mean, I hate to be a downer, but things happen. Yep. And even like he was saying, there's people that are put in such certain situations that you would think they'd have a different perspective because of what they're dealing with. And you're yeah. almost surprised when someone might be dealing with some disadvantages and they have a fabulous outlook on life. And those are the kind of people that I want to be around. And, yeah. and I, I try to be. But I think in general, most people just don't think about their wills. Like yeah. like we're immortal. But yeah. none of us are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know you're going to be born and you know you're going to die. So just prepare. Prepare. For your family's sake. Stick with that lesson. Nobody wants to go to court. And nope. then nobody wants to go to court with your own family members. Exactly. And, and Josh is funny. He's talking about his ego and all this stuff. He is a nice humble guy you know he will not admit that but he will listen to you he will work with you and he is obviously somewhat of a counselor as well just Mm -hmm. like we are as realtors right and service industry people have to be able to listen to people well he is a great listener and he's a great communicator and he knows what it takes to take care of people with their estates so right there you go josh thanks so much for being on you know and feel free people if you're listening contact him let us know you know share kind of your stories with us put us on social media and let us know what's out there what you've um, experienced and maybe if you have a good interaction with josh post it let us know Mm -hmm. that'd be great um, to hear we'll share his stories and your stories as well well quick segment before we do wrap it up what are those local events that we need to be on the lookout for well, let's see. We got a peach festival coming up on the twenty first from eleven to four at Richard's Fruit Market. Um, I can tell you from experience that they make an amazing peach milkshake. I thought um, they only do peaches down in Georgia. No, apparently no? Richard's does them too. Okay, but that, right. it's a lot of fun. They've got Good. live music, concession. They've got a tasting table, petting zoo, all kinds of different things. Um, something else that's really exciting is the annual Greek festival is going to be on Saturday oh, from eleven that's to nine. Up. Oh, you Saturday go there. and Sunday, um, yep. the best baklava yeah. ever. I feel like last year it might have gotten rained out somehow. I, I we got to hope, keep our fingers crossed. That's yeah, coming so, up. Yes. Wow. So All right. that's on Saturday and Sunday, uh, 11 to 9, Saturday, 12 to 8 Perfect. on Sunday. And they'll have Greek cuisine, Greek music, and dancing. Um, and then there's a 12th annual car show in Middletown on Saturday from 3 to 8. Cool. So if you like cars, that's a great place to go. That is a good variety of things right there. Mm-hmm. Love it. See, Winchester, you get variety. Well, Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Iconic Talk. We hope you learned something, and I know we did. And, yes, we did. And looking forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they're experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. 
We appreciate you spending some of your valuable time with us. And if you have a moment, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and a review. Leave it. Yep. And Do if it. you're enjoying this, you take a moment to subscribe or share this podcast with your friends. Yep. Until next time, think I comment.